Comets in Motion is proud to be sponsored by Renovations Press, home of the world-renowned tracksuit man, the story about traveling to which we can all relate and something we've all missed this last year. Renovations Press continues to make the decades-long quest to bring quality, independent comics to the masses with three comics each year featuring the supergroup slash government experiment gone wrong, section 12. Click the link in the show notes for more information about how you can buy some high-quality, independent comics. And stay tuned because each time a new issue comes out in 2021, Comics in Motion listeners will be eligible to win free copies of Section 12. Click that link, check out Renovations Press, support them on Patreon. You'll be happy you did. What started as just an appearance on Indie Comics Spotlight has turned into an excellent partnership between Comics in Motion and Renovations Press. We look forward to bringing you some amazing content. My name's Scott Weatherly, and I'm the host of 20th Century Geek, the podcast that looks at all aspects of geek and pop culture from the 20th century. Whether by myself or with an amazing guest, 20th Century Geek delivers full movie series retrospectives, classic comic reviews and discussions, interviews with those that created and contributed to 20th Century pop culture, and everything else in between. 20th Century Geek is your one-stop shop for retro geek talk. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, and all other podcast catchers. Hello and welcome to Comics in Motion One Division Special, covering episode six. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Horrocks, and I'm joined by my great friend and podcast brother, Scott Weatherly, from both the 20th Century Geek and also Stories Out of Time and Space. Welcome to the show, Scott. Hi, Dave. You all right? Not too bad. Not too bad, mate. And you know what? The first thing I need to ask you, how's your Judge Dread book coming along? <laughs> it's coming on really well, actually. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've got... Um... Pretty much all the essays are in. They've all been reviewed and, and, and edited and had some bits and pieces that uh, done to them. Um, we've got a, a forward by Matt Smith, uh, current and longest serving Tharg uh, editor of 2000 AD. An interview nice. with Rob Williams, um, writer uh, of, of Dread. And uh, a cover being currently being done by uh, comic artist Sam Lotfi. So, yeah, it's, it's coming together really well. Really That's excited awesome. about it. That's really good, and I can imagine it's a bit of a roller coaster as well because, you know, you go through that initial excitement of it all, and then I imagine there's parts where it feels like a bit of a slog. But, yeah. um, you know, kind of where are you right now? I mean, it, it seems like you come into the the point where you're actually going to be able to get it out. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be. I think it'll be out, you know, soon. I've got to get. I've got to submit it to to Julian and uh, Sequart for them to review and and to, for them to add their bits. But now it's getting there. You're right. It's been. A, it has been. A, there have been moments when it's a slog, um, and that's not to disparage any of the content. But like you know, when you're reading an essay for the tenth time, um, <laughs> to to you know to double check like you know not not just grammar and everything, but like 
um, references and all this other stuff, it, it, it can get a little tedious. <laughs> but it's all been worth yeah. it. It's definitely been worth it. No, that's good. And and I didn't realise, but I started watching uh, Chris Claremont's X-Men documentary on Amazon Prime, and, mm. and that's by Sequart as well, and uh, it's a really good documentary. Yeah, they've done some crackers. There's a They've done... Um... Another one called, I think it's called Talking with Gods, uh, interviews and, and uh, discussions with Grant Morrison, um, which is really, oh, really good. Okay. Uh, and they also did one with Warren Ellis, which I, is very, very good, but may not be, you know, hot topic at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. he's is, not everyone's in... favourite, is he? Yeah, he's not, he's not exactly in favour at the moment. It's a really good documentary, though. But, yeah. Well, actually, we're gonna, you know, that's, that's an unplanned... Uh, we'll, we'll not make it a segue, but we'll just drop that as a little nugget because I want to mention Ellis a little bit later as well. Mm. Now, Scott, you were on the first and second episode with myself and also Matt from Jasper Reviews. And, you know, at that time, episodes one and two, I think the reception was a little bit mixed, wasn't it? We were kind of loving the whole sitcom approach, but you had these tiny little clues, whereas we're now six episodes out of nine through it, you know, so two thirds of the way through. And, and what have you been making of the rest of the season? I, I understand people's reluctance um, to get invested in this because it's not normal, is it? It's not your normal fare. People have gone, well, I don't get the 50s sitcom, especially for you younger. I mean, you know, you and I are sort of of an age where that sort of, we may have seen some of these things on reruns when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of the tail end of, um, seeing some of these sitcoms but there'll be there'll be guys you know 10 15 20 years younger than us that are watching this and going like i, I don't know what this is like it means nothing to me um yeah. so i understand why people would sort of look at it and go mm, not for me but i think what marvel have done is is really impressive because what they've done is is it's it's a mystery like they've given you a mystery like you know it's um we we you have shows that go from week to week, you know, like your Game of Thrones and and um, Westworld or anything like that, where you do, you know, people talk. Oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And it's 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 designed for that. But it's like Marvel went one step further with this, where they've just literally it's like um some sort of like you've literally been dropped in the middle of the story, and they're going to give you the first two episodes and go, yeah, we're not telling you anything. You're re- you're it's, <laughs> it's like you're reading chapters five and six of a book. Yeah. And you can, you know, you're going to have to keep up. And there's, there's, there's Easter eggs and stuff in there to keep you going. But we'll get, we will explain this, and you will understand it. But you're going to have to sort of do that. And I think, although people have been, you know, criticising it for that in some cases, the fact remains they're still talking about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I'll say so. I think it's been really good fun. I think in this binging culture we we're a little bit spoiled as well aren't we and we yeah. we're just not that used to like patience i mean can you imagine watching the first episode of lost and being like well what's happening yeah, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. you know yeah. you're stuck with that one for like 10 or something seasons so i i think there's a bit of it you know impatience um mm. but you know from I'd say, you know, certainly episode three and then even more so in four, you're getting more familiarity with what feels like the MCU. And I agree. You you mentioned Westworld there. I know you and Julian were doing a a rewatch of of the Westworld. So uh, have you got through like the first season? 
first two. We've we've recorded the first two. We've done the film and the first two seasons, and um, yeah, and and that has a similar thing, doesn't it? Like I say, you know, you dropped yeah. in it, and and you know, you got the dual narratives and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's again the thing is like you know this the things that they're doing with Wonder Vision, even this latest episode, some of the stuff that they're suggesting, it's not unprecedented. Like it's not you know it's good, and I'm really enjoying it, but it's not groundbreaking in the ways that some people are declaring it, which you know. But that's the way with, I think that's just the way with nerd culture, isn't it? Something good comes along and they're like, oh, it's amazing. It's the best thing. It's the first thing to do this. You can, not, not really. <laughs> Lots of things. Well, I think, I mean, you mentioned like life on Mars, didn't you? But I mm. don't think outside of these aisles, <laughs> outside of these shores, I don't know how many people will have actually seen that. I guess you mentioned Prisoner, but again, you're going back a fair few years there, aren't you? Mm. Um, for people who've seen that. So I guess, you know, it, it's repackaging something that's kind of been done before, but in this massive uh, movie franchise that's just yeah. stepping into TV. So I, I guess it for me, it feels fresh because it is an, in an already established universe. But I, true, I true. get your point as well about, mm. you know, it's, it's not completely, uh, not completely brand new. No, but it is good. I mean, the quality, that's the thing as well. Like, the, the thing that stands out for me watching this season is, you know, the production quality, like, you know, Disney aren't going to skimp on this, Marvel are doing their thing. But also, like, the cast are, like, just spot on, you yeah. know. And I, I think that not only do they seem to be enjoying what they're doing, like, they're clearly, they're all in on the gag um, of what this is. They know where this is going, especially the main, you know, your sort of um, Paul Bettany and... and um, Elizabeth Olsen and that yeah. sort of thing. Like they, they, they know this how this is going to pan out. So there's almost like a glee to what they're doing, and I think that's great, and that sort of adds to my enjoyment of it, really. I, I must admit, when Vision... So when Paul Bettany doesn't have his Vision makeup on, and mm. notice it more now, the age difference between him and Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> and yeah. I know we see that a lot on TV, but it's, it is a little bit jarring to me that, you know, there is what 20 year gap or something there yeah it's it's one of those things of sort of when you when you go back to the casting i mean the, the thing is this show comes back to the fact that like you know paul petney was cast as the voice of jarvis yeah you know in iron man in, in 28 so 2008 so it's like you know yeah it's gonna okay well, he's gonna be that and then well he might as well be the vision and we're gonna give him this you know suit and he's gonna have like you know body prosthetics and stuff on that so that'll look cool and then you get to this and it's sort of it's just a a natural progression really isn't it but yeah, um, it, yeah. It, it does look funny but then it's no like you say it's no different to some other i mean from a sitcom point of view again you know and film perspective there's been lots of this where the male is usually older than the you know the female uh lead yeah um but yeah it it's is, just it another trope isn't it yeah. that, that you can put in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> now honestly scott i've been loving all of the different themes you know the theme music and the opening mm. credits that we've had for all of the episodes and this one starts off it's very malcolm in the middle yeah uh, you've got with the camera work but also the music as well and uh, did you notice anything coming out of that no I, I, malcolm in the middle was my first go-to and i thought they'd you know they've done this sort of like uh the last one was that sort of like 80s into the 90s you know sort of what was it um I forgot it ripped on, but you know, made me think of like Fuller House and um, 
Oh, the last uh, last episode. Uh, yeah. For me, it was mostly family ties. Family ties, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and that's sort of like, you know, 80s into the 90s, and this is obviously 90s because into the, into the 2000s. And so th- this had me thinking of Ma- uh, Malcolm in the Middle, but it's, it's, it tripped up like memories of things like Clarissa Explains It All um, and those oh, sorts yeah. of shows. Where, like, oh, where you know, where the, the lead um, talks to, to the audience, you know, breaking that fourth wall. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, no, I thought I thought it was really good actually. Again, sort of, uh, um, I love the fact that they have it. They're doing this, um, and that they are willing to do this. And you know, the fact that, like I say, the the show breaks with a fourth wall breaking uh, moment with the kid talking to the audience. I thought it was like, wow, they're, they're really going for this then. Yeah, absolutely. So that that was Billy that one, and one of the things I noticed as well. I, I think this is just. I think just everyone involved with this show is just having a massive amount of fun with it. Yeah. Because one of the things I noticed as well, so once you come out of the opening credits, um, and, and Malcolm in the Middle, I, I was thinking 90s. I had to look it up, and it, it's actually 2000. So, mm. it's again, it's not strictly the decades, but it is, you know, the, the phases or the macro trends that they're picking up on. And when you see Pietro... And the boys, so he's in the foreground, and then you've got the boys in the background, and they're saying, you know, he's a bit of a man-child. Yeah. They're both in focus. Mm. I don't know if you noticed that, and it's using this kind of split-screen technique. And yeah. I, 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 again, just things like that. Who The people who are making this, you know, the cinematographers and what have you, are really having fun with just, you know, throwing all of these little homages in, you know, right in the first episode, you pulled me up because I said, well, you need to have a lot of comic background for this, but mm. but it's all of the pop culture stuff as well. And I, I just think it must have been so much fun to, for them to, to go and homage all this stuff. It's basically like it, all of it. It's like Quentin Tarantino on speed, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. And that's the thing. I and mean, One of the things that's great about it is because, like I say, it drives – um, you know, you see all the articles online, but then like you, you and I, we're part of this, you know, this, uh, I don't know, cadre of of nerds and on Discord through Comics in Motion, <laughs> and some of the the theories that every time an episode comes out, everyone's sort of like, I've seen this, and this is what I now think, and sort of, you know, you go, through, and some of it's down to like, some of it's like, you know, big stuff, and we'll get to some of that in a little bit, but some of it has been down to like, did you see this? This was filmed from a specific angle, so I think it could yeah. this be this, like. We we are and there's loads of other people doing it, like watching this and picking up on all of those sort of like say not just comic book but like pop culture references. And um, one of the things I think like Chris mentioned on the last episode was like when this is done, this will really benefit from a complete rewatch, like end to end. Yeah. Um, and there'll be other stuff that we haven't noticed that like you know you'll watch like episode eight and nine and you'll go back to episode two and you'll be like, oh Jesus, they were mentioning that back then like you know there's something yeah, there yeah. like we were told this from the very beginning like so um yeah i i do i think there's uh you know it was it was it paul bettany recently i think it was this week actually sort of said on a uh, an interview or just off, off the cuff on something that he's surprised how accurate some of the theories the fan theories have been um <laughs> which then drives you back to the fan theories to go which one which one yeah. i wonder which one it is <laughs> um so yeah so i am loving all these little references and stuff in it 
there's an adage about monkeys and typewriters and Shakespeare that comes. That's to true. Mind. There is that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, lock a thousand nerds in a room, and eventually you get one. You know, someone. Will one of them's got to hit. Yeah, but but he's tantalising us more now, isn't he? Like you mm. say, we're thinking which, which ones. But um, honestly, I I so. I've figured out my modus operandi now. So, you know, I'll watch it just purely for fun before work when it drops on the Friday morning. Mm. And then I'll watch it in the evening as well. And that's when I'm really kind of looking for things and, and trying to pick it apart. And not just, you know, what's going on in the story, what are the visual things going on, what's happening in the dialogue. But I honestly think if we were to pick out everything... I think we'd be doing a five-hour podcast because yeah. this episode in particular was just chock full of stuff. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on – well, I'll mention some of the things I noticed. I mean, initially in that opening scene, like, say, the, the boys are kind of um, – calling pietro a bit of a man child he's yeah. he's sort of like a bum just sleeping in the afternoon pretty much on the on the sofa and then we get to see uh something resembling comic accurate wonder and vision yeah these were well first before that actually before we even get in that with the man child the kid the, the two boys actually they highlight it's halloween you get the you know he talks about sort of halloween being you can be somebody else for a day and them. but he is dressed in as wiccan like all, yep. you know and again not exactly comic book accurate and it's not but it's not called out it's just like oh i'm wearing i'm wearing this as, as my costume um and then like you say you get elizabeth olsen and and, and also let's say wandering vision in a, uh, a representation of, of the comic descriptor uh, costumes hers is pretty good like you know let's be honest she like she looks like scarlet witch vision less so and i know it's supposed <laughs> to be homegrown but i'm never ever sure that anyone has ever drawn football shorts on vision um <laughs> I mean, they, they were pro. This is two thousands as well, and they yeah. they kind of reminded me of like eighties shorts as well. Yeah. You know, just yeah. the style yeah. of them. <laughs> they looked a bit out of place, but um, no, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know. Had you read much Young Avengers at all? No, I've I've read a couple. I've read little bits and pieces. Was it Childhood um, Journey or one of those? I've read one of those a long time ago, but never really. Uh, it's going to be interesting where they take these kids because so in the comics you've got um you know the the kids are, are willed into existence by mm. wanda uh they actually turn out that they're they're shards of a of a demon so he kind of reabsorbs them back um but then you know and they wipe Wanda's memory so she doesn't kind of have to deal with it all and then she kind of she end up ends up becoming the baddie essentially mm. in, in Avengers Disassembled and then we've got House of M as well so she's creating this you know she's messing about with the universe making it in her own kind of uh, in her own not in her own image but you know making it how she wants to initially and then uh, you know the babies are gone you know that's mm. that kind of what triggers her in Avengers Disassembled isn't it yeah but then, you know, in parallel, a few years later, you get Young Avengers and all of these characters, you know, just are there, you know. Mm. And it's only in Children's Crusade later. Yeah. Yeah, where the, where they actually kind of unravel the fact that, oh, well, actually, these are the long lost children of, of Wanda. And so mm. they seem to be leaping straight to that because, like you say, he's, he's got the full, like, you know, a homegrown Halloween uh, representation of Wiccan, yeah. and then later you get obviously uh, Tommy 
you know, he's obviously got super speed as well. Mm. I always thought when they did that reveal in Children's Crusade, I yeah. thought it was a bit weird, if I'm honest, because, I mean, they do it in the Ultimate comics more, where they hint at kind of an incestuous relationship between Wanda they and They don't Pietro. hint at it. They don't hint at it. It's not subtext. No, 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 no. no. Let's, not be, let's not be around the bush. That is really uncomfortable in the Ultimate Universe. <laughs> It is well. It's Mark Millar, isn't it? In the yeah. uh, in the Ultimates, and and yeah, he doesn't do subtext that much. No. It is it is full on. No, I mean in the in the kind of regular universe, it still seems a bit too close and a bit weird. <laughs> but um, yeah, the fact that one of the children's got uh, Pietro's powers is is very. Well, if you, to be fair, if you're going to go from a mutant, if you're going to go down that mutant um, gene, you know, idea. And you look at families, like it's not surprising. Sort of, they come from a generation to generation of sort of like you know, a kid could have could look like a you know a grandparent or an uncle or something else because you know there's strong family genes, you know, and it may be that speed is 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 one of them. I don't know, but yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to sort of like uh, I'm I'm trying to justify sort of yeah <laughs> the weirdness of it. But yes, I know what you mean. Um, so we, I think we can move move on. Yeah, let's from move that on one, because but... this is going to get really uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> no, but the one thing, talk about talk about uncomfortable though. One of the things that's noted in this episode, I mean, it, you guys highlighted, or it was highlighted when you last talked about this, is Vision has obviously sort of awoken to this thing now, like, and that's what this episode really sort of focuses in on. But when he comes down uh, stairs dressed in in that costume, and then sort of like you know, she says, "Oh, well, thank you for." Thank you for playing playing along, and his his instant response is to be like, to be fair, a bit pissed off because he's like, mm. "There's no other clothes in my wardrobe. You have made them disappear." I I didn't think he had to do the red face as well. <laughs> no, I love the fact that they, they they haven't used the purple face. He's literally wearing like you know, uh, caked on makeup. Um, but he's got like a real frustration with it, and sort of you can yeah. tell that there's there's constantly these little, and even the kid like points out like, oh, since. You know, since Uncle Pete's arrived, it's all been a bit, it's been a bit awkward. Been a bit um, different, yeah. Yeah, uh, but like he's there, like saying, "Well, there's no other clothes for me to wear." And then they sort of they play it up a little bit. Like he he suddenly jumps back into character, and I was like, "Well, is that forced? Has she done that, or is he sort of like just like oh, just play along?" Um, because the, when they all leave the house, or they start to set up to leave the house, he says again, like he says goodbye to the boys and to Peter, you know, Pietro, and then says to her, "Wonder, be good." Yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. He seems to flip-flop, doesn't he? Mm. Like you say, he comes down, he's a bit, not just a bit pissed off, but I feel like just a bit fed up. Yeah. It's like, because in the last episode, I, I think he had his kind of human face on, and, you know, when the dog showed up, and he just said, mm. uh, you know, I've got a feeling that someone's going to come around, you know, and sure enough, Agnes pops in there. Yeah. And you can see him, he's sort of thinking, this this is all not really adding up. And I, I felt like that here as well, that it, he's almost resigned to the fact that it's Halloween. Wanda wants to have like a family Halloween. So of course you've hidden all my clothes. Yeah. And just give me I, this I, ridiculous outfit. But I like the fact as well, she calls out it's their first Halloween. Yeah. And again, like you, know, you said like, you know, they're meant to be like 10, 11. Um, and so like, you know, this, this weirdness sort of like stacks up. Um, well, I, I don't know if you noticed though, because it, it is. Um, I don't know what the timeline is, but these mm. they're not living out the decades. No, so no, when, no, 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 no. 
Yeah. In, in the opening credits last week, and I, I didn't call this out, I only noticed it on another rewatch, Tommy and Billy have got like a birthday cake, and this is the younger actors, mm. and it's got one, two, three, four, five on it. Oh, really? Yeah. So they, they celebrated their first five birthdays. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, in the last episode, when uh, in the real world, um, when when they went to attack or see Darcy, uh, uh, to see Wanda with that drone, they acknowledge that she stole um, Vision's body nine days mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. So you, you sort yeah. of you're talking le- at this point, you know, if it's a little bit more, you're talking two weeks, <laughs> really, yeah. um, to do all this. So she's, you know, we we've sort of experienced it, and you think like decade after decade, but it's not. It's been like two weeks um, yeah. of people experiencing this. Um, it's it's definitely days. Um, mm. One thing I did notice, so before Pietro and um, Tommy get into their old-fashioned, you know, comic-accurate Quicksilver Halloween costumes, mm. I did notice that um, Pietro had a, a tattoo. So he had a sleeveless, as, as Chris would say, a wife beater top on. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't quite make it out. It either said... Mom. Mom. Yeah. Or it said H-O-M. I couldn't tell if that first letter was a H or I think or an it's M. supposed to be an M. I think it's supposed to be mom because they talk about their parents quite a bit in this one and they've never yeah. really acknowledged them because the parents were killed uh, in Sokovia, weren't they? Um, yeah. And yeah. you get this weird, because again, you get these sort of flashbacks. And again, this is where like Wanda's starting to question things because he gives this flashback of, of her and, and Pietro being kids and going on trick-or-treat and being given a fish by some scary... <laughs> Um, <laughs> Russian crone or Sokovian crone. And yeah. um, did you notice they're dressed as? I've seen it up online loads now, but they're dressed as sort of uh, facsimiles of uh, Black Widow and Nick Fury. Oh no, I didn't. I can see it in my mind's eye now that you've mm. just said that, but I didn't pick up on that one. Yeah, so I, I didn't notice. Until, so I just saw it online. I was like, "That's a really good pull." Um, but he comes back. The, the flashback comes back, and she's like, "I don't remember it that way." And he's like, oh, you probably suppressed a lot of the trauma. And she's like, hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so again, you're like, okay, well, how... I mean, we'll get to a scene in a minute about when they have a conversation about this, but it's like, how sentient are these other people? Like, you know, how much is Wanda controlling and how much is them um, for for him to sort of like to create this flashback idea? Yeah. Um, And you can see that... That Wanda's not too sure. She can't quite work out Pietro as well. But mm. but let, let's come back to that because I think there's a few little scenes that, that kind of explore that. When when we switch to the outside world, you, you can see that the drone from the previous episode is, is kind of radiating with this red energy. Mm. Uh, it, it's got on written on the side, Stark Industries. So I don't know if that's just anything kind of military is, is probably from Stark Industries or, or Hammer. Um, and you get Monica and Director Haywood arguing and it gets a little bit personal, doesn't it? You mm. know, you get to see Haywood. You know, he's basically saying, you weren't there. You know, he's sort of yeah. almost like blaming Monica for not being there for the last uh, five years. And he's the one who had to keep the lights on. So I, I thought this scene was really, really interesting. But before I say what I think, I mean, what did you make of all that? Well, the thing, there was a thing last week, and a lot of people, you know, you, you, the guys who mentioned last week was this idea that this director Haywood is, or maybe he's the villain. You know, we don't trust him. 
And the, the more I've watched of this, because I went back and watched last week's episode again just before this, and I was thinking, like, the fact of the matter is, yeah, he's a dick. Like, there's no, there's no, you know, qualms about that. Like, he is, he's not a good person. Like, you know, well, he is, he, he thinks he is, but he's just not, he's not good with people, let's say. But he's not wrong. This idea of taking Wanda out isn't wrong. Like, it's, 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 again, it's cliched because it's this thing of, like, you know, military leader wants to blow shit up. Like, it's, it's fine. But he's not wrong. If, if last week's plan had have worked and that missile would have killed Wanda, this would all be over. <laughs> they'd Maybe be tr- they'd be treating the people in the in the town and going like, okay, well now we've got we've got to set up like all this post up, but like it'd be over pretty much. Like, yeah, there may be side effects. Um, so th- I like the fact that they are setting up now these two sides of the argument. Like, I don't think he's a major villain. I think there's more to what Sword has done because there was like, they were obviously up to something with uh, Vision's body, but. I don't think he is is a primary, like you know, a subversive uh, conspiracy theory kind of villain. I just think there are two sides to this, where like you got um, um, Monica Rambeau is now saying, "Look, she look, you tried to, you, you can't outgun her. She's clearly more powerful than, so we're going to have to sort of negotiate with her. We've got to deal with her, with Wanda." And he's going like, "Yeah, but if I could put a bullet through her head, like we could just all walk away from this." And so it's these two sides, and his point is again. Is pretty valid. He's going. Like, you disappeared for five years. You didn't see what happened. You know when these people. Th- you know we saw it towards the end of uh, Infinity War. Like planes were crashing, cars were crashing. You know other things would have happened. Like people didn't just disappear. People died during the snap. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then you had to sort of like rebuild, and all these superheroes. From the sound of it, just buggered off for the most part. You know, you get like Fat Thor and, and others going off into the, in, you know, uh, others disappear off into the into the into space. So there's a, there's a clear resentment of like, well, we had to keep the lights on, we had to keep going, and then you come back and all of a sudden you're giving us this shit. Like, you know, we've been quiet yeah. for five years and now you're giving us this. Like, I understand his resentment, to be perfectly honest. So he's like, look, if I can just put a bullet in her brain pan, I'm going home. <laughs> So sorry, yeah, but that's my so, that's my thought. So I think so. I, I think Monica's mm-hmm. almost like the cap role, and yeah. Director Hayward is is the Iron Man role. Is is essentially what you're saying there? Now I have to hold my hands up because I think it was me who was suggesting that maybe he's kind of more into this. Maybe he's the secret baddie behind this whole thing. And Chris was saying, well, he's just more of a dick baddie. You know, <laughs> he's he's human, but he's just a bit of a tool. From what I saw tonight, I'm going to retract the fact that I thought he could be like Mephisto or someone or, or some mm. kind of um, mastermind behind everything. Actually, what I saw more tonight, or this previous episode, is, is he's quite cowardly. Yeah, He's doing what he has to out of fear. And particularly that line of, you don't know what it was like. Yeah says to me that almost the subtext of the next line could be, you know, I had to do things, you know, to to make it, you know, to carry things on. This is the type of guy who makes a deal with someone. Yes. I, I think I think he I'm not letting him off the hook that he's not something um he's up to well, he's clearly trying to track vision, doesn't give a toss about anyone in the town. Mm. Vision is his mission, but I, I don't know. There's still something quite off. I, I think he's 
he's a major player, but I think he's he's quite he's just like a cowardly role. He, I think he could have made a deal with someone saying. Yeah, no, I think there's 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 definitely more to sword. Um, I don't, and I think he, I hope he will come back um, in other other things because actually, I kind of again the actor, I kind of like what he's doing. Like you know, yeah, he's yeah. he is a dick, but I kind of like uh, he's he's a fun presence on the screen as well. So um, yeah, well, see, I think I there's t- definitely more to sword. I tell you, the the other the thing that I was thinking as well was back to last week when Wanda turned all the guns on him. Mm. And his reaction to that was, whoa, 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 you know, and I thought, well, if that was someone like Loki, mm. and, and these were things that, you know, these were bullets that could actually kill him, you know, not not just that he had an arrogance because he's he's a god and he's invincible, mm. but Loki would still be absolutely calm in that moment, wouldn't he? He'd yeah. have that calm smugness about him. So that that's one of the other reasons I think Hayward, you know, he's he's not this this master villain. And to be honest, there's only three episodes left. So if all of these fan theories about all these big bads <laughs> yeah. that are lurking off screen, they just wouldn't have time to do it all. Well, but, uh... The thing I'd say is th- this to me, I was thinking about this and I'm going to put something out there now. This is an event series, but I also think it's a prologue to phase four or whatever the next phase yeah. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a this is a uh, the first shot to be fired, so I I don't even think I don't think this is going to end with a with a villain reveal. I've decided I don't think I think if they're going to have something akin to Thanos, um, you're going to have like you're going to identify that yeah, Wanda is responsible for a lot of this, but there's something more. Are they going to tell us what that is? Eh, we might get a hint, but I don't think we're going to get anything. I think that is what you might get in Doctor Strange. Yeah, you know, I think this I, is. Good. I, I think the series is going to end on a cliffhanger as well. So, oh, don't say that. I, I just... yeah, I've, got, I've just got this horrible feeling. <laughs> they'll they'll finish the story. They'll finish the story. Yeah. but then you're going to get like, and you know, and then this happens, sort of thing. Um, but but there, there was something you you know we talked about this. You mentioned about him tracking vision. Um, before mm-hmm. we get around to sort of P- uh, Pietro and, and Wanda, Vision Vision goes off in his in his gaudy costume, having a look around town, and he gets to the he sees a couple of things which I found was, was really fascinating. Was all the kids? Are, firstly, the kids are back, which was a pointed yeah. comment from last week's show, uh, episode, which is is brought up again. But um, also, like he starts to notice that the further he gets away from Wanda and the center of things, the more also, let's say the less animated people become, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the less sort of like connected to to things they become. And you see that woman, and she's sort of meant to be hanging up, a, and her husband behind her as well. And they are yeah. repeatedly hanging up a, a, a Halloween decorations or moving a pumpkin. And then you just see the tear rolling down that woman's cheek, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, these people are like stuck in this nightmare. And then when he gets out, he sees even more people in this sort of like almost like comatose, like walking you know, dead kind of state. Like they are just almost like on pause. And then you find Agnes is, is stuck at this, uh, this crossroads in the car. Um, and he, he, he does what he did to Norm in the last episode. And you get some sort of um, release of her, you know, her real personality. Mm-hmm. Um, we, there's, all, there's been all this speculation about Agnes is, is you know, this Agatha, uh, this old, this ancient witch. Agatha you know, Harkness, stuff. But her, yeah. Yeah, but her reaction to Vision yeah. What were your thoughts? 
I, I mean, I, I'm thinking, well, there goes that theory. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, I've heard it because I, honestly, I can't get enough of this. So mm. as well as, you know, discussing it on a Saturday, you know, I like <laughs> listening to other podcasts as well when they drop through the week and what other people are thinking, you know, does it conform with mine? And, and, and I'd almost say that it's widely assumed that this is Agatha, Agatha Harkness, but her reaction was just like everyone else's. Yeah. Now, the thing is, she was, I mean, this is right after we get almost like a Superman shot, don't we, with Vision. He's looking across the whole town and, you know, he he can see Agatha down there. I don't know what she was doing there, you know, and it didn't seem to make sense. You know, she was lost, as Mm. you were saying, you know, in the town that you grew up in. So her reaction... It, it does tell me that, you know, she's just trapped like everyone else. But then she starts, in her regular self, cackling like a witch. She's like pretty much like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, but you know, when would, she starts but it, laughing. But it was like hysterics. It's almost like, because she's sort of, because her reaction is she sees Vision and she says, you're the Vision. And he's like, yes, you're an Avenger. Are you here to save us? Yeah. And he's like, well, I want to hate, I want to save you, but what's an Avenger? Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, so... He's got no memory of, of this stuff that's gone on. Um, and so it's almost like her reaction is like, well, you were my last, seeing you was my last hope. <laughs> and yeah. you're clearly not working out. So, and then, she, cause then she's like, we're doomed, we're doomed. And she sort of goes off and then she just breaks into hysterics. So it's almost like, I don't know. It could be, it could be their double bluff again. Mm. But her reaction to me sounded legit. Cause then he sort of puts her back and it's like, okay, it's that way. Turn around and drive back. Yeah. Um, I, I must admit, for the Agnes is Agatha Harkness theory, this is a, a score, you know, you put a, one in the negative column, I mm. think, you know, it, it, it does look like she's just a regular person. Um, but why but you, her? You but do... then, then you ask, like, but why has she become like Wanda's favourite? You know, what's driven that? Um, you know, is this some, well, what makes her special? Well, the the thing that we don't know... In fact, let me, let me come back to that. The thing that we don't know is, is kind of like where Wanda has got these amplified powers from. Mm. How is she, how can she suddenly do this when we've not really seen that from her before? Um, but I just want to mention as well because they Wanda had said to the boys, "Don't go, you know, past Ellis Avenue," mm. and that's where Agnes was parked up, and that's where Vision kind of strays out from. So I I. Couldn't honestly think, but Warren Ellis, I, I don't know if he's ever written any uh, major vision runs or anything, but I don't know if you remember, but Iron Man 3, mm. the president, you know, the guy who, who got strapped up president in the... Ellis. Uh, yeah. It was President Ellis, yeah. So I didn't know if it was some kind of callback to that at all, but Maybe. I, I, I mean, don't know if that's... this is just a little Easter egg and not actually a clue. Or it might have just been a mistake, because... <laughs> There are people, you know, because there are people that have written, um, you know, more prominent people that have written Avengers stories or, you know, or even like, even, mm-hmm. what, what, was it T- Tom Tom Taylor or Tom King that wrote The Visions? Tom King. Tom yeah, King. yeah, yeah. So why not King Avenue or, you know, and let's be honest, Le- uh, Warren Ellis isn't exactly the top of anyone's hit list right now for, you know, no. being mentioned <laughs> in the TV show. So it, it, it may just be a, um, it may be something, it may be nothing. It's one of those words. Sometimes it's hard to determine what's an Easter egg from just dialogue. 
you say I've got my conspiracy wall here it's like you know like Jimmy Woo's on his whiteboard it's like what does this mean yeah but yeah no I I see what you mean by that but um, I mean this whole thing of of, because that then leads to this conversation and I will say we sort of mentioned it off air but I want to highlight another easter egg is obviously this version of um, Pietro Quicksilver is played by Evan Peters Mm-hmm. And there's a moment when the kids are going round, and actually, I thought this this scene was legitimately funny. I don't know, it's just my humour. Yeah. Uh, he goes off, and she, he says, you know, he says to one of the kids, "Oh, that's kick ass," and she looks at him and says, "Like kick ass." And obviously, Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson both appeared in in Kick Ass. Yeah. So I was like, that's as you said before. I was like, that's like proper meta. Like they're really digging in now. Um, but that scene when. Um, they're going around like uh, hot top speed, and you got uh, is it Norm? No, not Norm. It's um, it's Herb, Herb. dressed up as Frankenstein. Like, yeah, and he's like, everyone's candy's been stolen. Yeah, uh, all the pumpkins have been smashed. And like, you got them in the background, like doing all this stuff. I thought that that just made me chuckle. I mean, that made me think yeah. of um, I don't know if you ever saw there was a program called Eerie Indiana. Um, oh no, I've not seen that And that, that was one. a '90s sort of like uh, weirdville kind of thing. And that, it just made me think of that sort of thing. But that was very good. Um, but it does lead to that conversation between Pietro and, and Wanda. So is, is it, do you want to sort of quickly touch on that before we go back to well, Visions? Can, yeah, no, like, let's, let's come back to that conversation. I do just want to highlight, though. So Herb, again, seems to have his own agency. Yes. So he, he says to Wanda, like, do you want me to change anything? You know, yeah. and I'm, it's not like some of the other people, you know, like... Uh, Oh, what was his name? Norm, last week. Norm, yeah, yeah. So he was a completely different person, had no idea, and then was terrified. Whereas Herbs, there's something extra going on with him. Where It's he almost seems like to the primary aware. cast, isn't it? It's like you've got your A cast and your B cast. Like you, uh, yeah. uh, seem to have more agency and more control, or more, yeah. you know, more knowledge, in order to um, interact in this way. Um, yeah. Yeah, go back to my the the nod we gave to Westworld. That thing they give me, the thing that called the improvisations, like the ability to go off narrative and stuff, but still mm-hmm. adapt. Um, and so he's doing that. He's like, "Do you want anything changing?" Um, yeah, because it's clear that Vision <laughs> isn't playing to the narrative that he's supposed to be playing to. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yes, so but, the conversation. Yeah. First, basically, they sit down, don't they? And, and one of the first things they do before they sit down, because it gets, oh, I can't remember what part. She's all a bit blurred in my head. Is like she says to him, like you know, why do you look different? And again, he he calls out and says, "Well, maybe you can't deal with the trauma of the past. If you've built this, like you don't want to see your dead brother." Mm-hmm. Um, you think, well, she's she's living with her dead husband, so that's weird. Um, but then they sort of she calls out, "Why don't you have where what happened to your accent?" And she's like, "Well, what happened to yours?" So they're, they're, yeah, acting, they're literally that. calling that out, which I thought was funny. Um. And then you get this whole thing about sort of like her facing up to it. So what, what were your thoughts on that conversation? There were a few. So so going back a little bit earlier, so just before the kick-ass comment, mm. I don't know if you noticed, but Wanda was talking to Pietro and she was saying about when they were younger and she was talking about, do you remember that kid at school who used to steal your boots and he had yeah. that skin thing? And I'm thinking, X-Men, X-Men, yeah. there's got to be an X-Men reference. <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking eczema, but there you go. All right. Well, possibly that, but you know, of course, you had skin. Could actually mm. be skin on the nose. You know, he was uh, in Generation X, that horrible TV Fox movie that came out yes. years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, when 
when they're talking again pietro's got his own agency as well but mm. he says um i had to write this down because I, I i think there's a lot in here so he says i got shot in the street like a chump for no reason at all and the next thing i know i heard you calling me and i knew you needed me mm. and so again i'm thinking well is this he's got his own agency is this guy from a multiverse or is he just part of Wanda's subconscious? You know, she kind of needs to pull him back or, you know, because Pietro's saying as well, just before that, you know, how are you doing it all? And this is where he, he calls out the fact that her powers have just ramped up beyond, uh, what does he say, creating little he says, he, yeah, from whispering in people's ears and create and creating purple or pink uh, wibbly woos from your hands. Wibbly woos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I thought there was lots in here. Um, I mean, what what did you make of it? No, it was the first time that sort of you know, there's, again, there's this thing of like you know what, who's doing this and and how much is one the responsible and stuff. The fact he says that you know I heard you calling me, so I came. And he, but he remembers the past. Like he remembers being shot in Age of Ultron. That's what he says, and that's what that's what he's saying. I mean, it, you know, then it's like that thing of like, is that her? Is it him? But if he's got knowledge of the past, because he keeps making these references to their childhood, and she's saying, "Well, I don't really remember it that way." But he even he even calls her out and says, "Well, you're testing me." When he asks about the boots and stuff, he's like, "You're testing me." He said, "But it is me." But then we see that Vision has no memory of being an Avenger or the events yeah. pre-Westview. Uh, so, you know, to me, at first I was like, oh, they're the same thing. Like, she has created these things to deal with it. But her surprise at his arrival last week and then him mm. literally calling her out on these things. So it's like, he, like I say, he is 100% got his own agency and is just playing the game. So are we now going to get a supernatural element where he's like, no, I am literally the spirit or that I am the ghost inhabiting this body of, you know, your brother um you know are we going to find at the end of it the character that evan peters is playing is actually a westview resident and it just the whole thing of it being played by evan peters is just a gag and everyone's gone <laughs> do you know i mean everyone's like built it up too much I, I i'm not ruling that out but i do think the fact that they're remembering their childhood slightly differently, differently yeah, yeah and also that that line when he says i got shot in the street like a chump for no reason at all well when Aaron Taylor Johnson got shot, that that wasn't for no reason at all. You know, he was saving well, Hawkeye. It, de- and the it depends. Kid. It depends how you. It depends on your personality, doesn't it? Because he saves Hawkeye, but he could still be like, oh, "I was a chump. Like I saved Hawkeye for no reason. Like he could resent that." But the other thing to point out, and I, someone pointed this out to me in the week uh, in the week from when he arrived, was uh, if I'm right, you know, I'm have to check actually. Uh, the character Evan Peters plays doesn't appear in. Um, Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he appears in Apocalypse, but doesn't appear in Dark Phoenix. So is this filling a gap of actually saying um, he was killed between uh, the two films? I think and he actually, just dodged. I think he dodged a bullet not being in that movie. To be honest, yeah, oh, oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, it's a, it's, one of, it's the only X Men film I haven't finished. Just because I literally yeah. turned off. But he's not in the cast. So someone suggested to me that, um, well, that that's because between Apocalypse and we are going to, because you know, like you say this thing of being a chump, like he was actually killed in the street and in another universe, 
Um, and this is the Evan Peters um, uh, Pietro, and so mm-hmm. we we never just we just never got to see his death. Um, and so it's a bit, it's you know that that's another theory they got thrown out. I was like, oh, that's I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I hadn't even it hadn't occurred to me to be honest that Evan Peters wasn't in that one. So th- there's lots of things to take from it, but I like the fact that also because he says to her, like you say, you know, it's, a, it's quite a hike from because uh, he also he calls out the kids as well. Oh, it's always good to have them back for a like a, ha- a, hol- uh, a Halloween cameo, and she's like, yeah, yeah. you know, where were you keeping them? And she's a bit like. <laughs> Well, you are you not troubled by what I've been doing? And she's like, he's like, no, not really. I'm just impressed with how you've hiked up your powers, and that's when yeah. he calls them, you know, whispering and wibbly woos. But even she then acknowledges, and he says, well, how have you done this? She's like, I don't know. I just remember yeah. being so achingly alone. Um, and this, this to me is, um, this to me is a nod towards what we're going to get with Mephisto rather than. Agnes or the other ones, this idea of the mm-hmm. devil stepping in for someone who is in, you know, infinitely powerful or could be infinitely powerful, and the devil sort of saying like, you know, I can, I can give you these some of these things back, you know, if you just do, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. you know, if, that thing you said about a deal like Hayward, but I think Wanda yeah. may have struck a deal with someone and she doesn't really remember it because she wants to just remember this Westview world. Yeah, yeah, it, it could well be, could well be, couldn't it? Um. I tell you what, one of the other things that I noticed, but I have no idea what it means, could mean mm. nothing. So the cinema, so when, when they're having this chat that we've just been talking about, the cinema is called Coronet. Oh. And it's showing two movies. It's showing the first one is The Incredibles, which came out in 2004. Yeah. And then the second one is The Parent Trap with, uh, I think it's Lindsay Lohan, isn't it? So that was 98. Again, could mean something. I mean, you could say the parents are trapped in the hex or something Mm. like that, uh, potentially. Well, the parent uh, parent trap is also about twins that get separated. That's true. That's true, yep. Um, And, you know, then you've got The Incredibles, which is about a family with with, uh, superhero powers. So, mm. well, I'm going to throw a bit of a Hail Mary here. Yeah. Because... I've heard it said that The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not yeah. about the Fantastic yeah. Four. And actually, a, a little bit later, we get um, Monica. She gets a text, doesn't she? Mm. And she says, um, you know, she'll be on the way back in the hex in, in an hour. She just got to meet her guy over the ridge. Mm. So this is, you know, this is the engineer, the aerospace engineer that she mentioned last week. And I'm thinking, oh, who is this? So one of the theories <laughs> is this is Reed Richards, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. It's possible. I mean, you know, they've kept things from Don't trust Disney for many reasons, but they've kept things from us <laughs> um, in the past. So, you know, to, to hide these reveals. So it could well be. Uh, that would be interesting. Um, I mean, who else could it be, though? Uh, hmm. An aerospace engineer? I mean, it could just be... You know, a person, a person, yeah, that we've not seen doesn't trace back to the comics, yeah. but the fact I don't that know. laid these out, I, I'm just thinking oh, it's got to be someone again. You know, in um, th- the first Thor, yeah, we literally saw Clint Barton on the screen for what a, a minute in total yeah. or something. 
I think it could be someone like Reed Richards, but that's it. He just literally, he hands her something and then he's off. Oh yeah, it could. Yeah, I mean, they, they love doing this kind of thing. Like you know, they don't have to be big things. So, and they've talked about this thing, this uh, Luke Skywalker level cameo at some point. So, you know, it could well be. It could well be. Um, yeah. One of the things, this, this, the, the two things. I, there was two things I wanted to just quickly touch on. Just looking at time and stuff, but yeah. Um, uh, the first one being when Vision, we we'll go back to the real world. Firstly, Jimmy Woo is awesome in this. Uh, yeah. So when when they when he decks the soldiers, he's not just sort of like he's not a comedy sidekick. Like he's actually just as badass. And that, that little group is actually really cool. Takes some um, names, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, I was quite impressed with that. Um, but obviously, um, uh, Darcy gets left behind. Uh, she stays, and and Vision breaks through the barrier. Like he finds the edge, and he breaks through the barrier. And uh, it starts to pull him back because uh, the little boy, the Wiccan little boy, like, hears mm-hmm. it and sees it, sees through, like, you know, basically sees through his, his dad's eyes. Um, but more than that, am I wrong in seeing that he enters the real world again and we saw that, like, you know, so uh, matter has changed to, to, to fit the thing and he appears to have a stone in his forehead again. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the mind stone there, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's the real one because we know that at least one of them got destroyed and then one got put back in, you know, back in the time. That's what Cap did. So it's not the real one. So is it approximation that Wanda's created? Does that give him his full powers? It was just interesting to note that he didn't have like a hole in his head. He had like the stone was there and glowing. Yeah, I mean, you say it got destroyed and I heard someone else mention that this last week, but Wanda destroyed it but then Thanos just turned back time, and just no. But he destroys the yeah. But then problem. Thanos destroys one set of the the Infinity Stones, doesn't he? Because when you get to uh, Endgame, they find beginning Thanos, of Endgame. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've destroyed all of the. And that's why he's got the the Duff armor stuff. Like, oh, I've destroyed the Infinity Stones. So yeah, the ones they use at the end of Endgame are from the different time, um, you know, different timelines, and Cap returns yeah. all of those. So it can't be one of them unless. Because obviously that goes through the whole time loop. But anyway, but it was just mm. interesting to see that he's a fully formed, going back into the real world. He is. I thought he was going to fall apart. I thought it was going to be like he reached through yeah. his arms going to fall off or something. But like no, he's a fully formed vision, and they're able to see it. So you know that and to me that asks a load of questions. Like, is he dead? What what's that about? Yeah, I, I, it's confusing, wasn't it? So. I mean, essentially, because Wanda got her powers from the Infinity Stones, didn't she? Mm. So, and a lot of her powers, I, I've said this before that you know she's almost like a walking, talking Infinity Gauntlet. Mm. So, could she create one? Maybe. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I wasn't really sure what was happening because you get all these bits of vibranium mm. falling apart, and they're going. Uh, back into the hex and you've got the the team on the outside they can see that Hayward is actually tracking vision yeah um, and I couldn't see exactly what it said on the screen but asset was one of the yeah was one of the words but also the thing that they are tracking is actual is, uh, like the you know some radiation some tracking it's, thing vibra- from... it's the the decay rate of vibranium so yeah so said. he is actually walking so that he is that vision that we see walking around is made of vibranium is vision so it's not a hologram it's nothing else it is 
they're tracking it and it's moving around within Westview. So again, that is actually Vision's body. So, you know, she's given it yeah. agency and, and life. So again, if it's got its own sentience, I don't know. You know, it's it's that thing of like, could Vision come back? I I I am starting. I am believing this is vision, and it's not just a uh, weekend at Bernie's sort of deal where she's, yeah. you know, uh, that was my first like take. A puppet. That was my first take. I thought she was basically like, yeah, basically dancing around with. The, I thought this was Norman Bates. You know, I thought she was, like, <laughs> she was dancing around with with a corpse, and and I'm moving away from that now. I think there's 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 more to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so as well, but I, I don't quite know what the significance of you know the vibranium being pulled back into the hex was, mm. you know. But hopefully we'll, we'll see that. Yeah, because that's week. what triggers her, isn't it? I mean, that sort of uh, that that her kids basically identify what's going on, and then she sort of goes off the deep end um, and expands the hex. Yeah, I did like actually um, where Darcy. You know, so she'd been chained up. She'd stayed behind. She said, Haywood's got mm. something else here, and it's big. I, I did like, actually, there was, there was a little line. I think so many things of this series have been right on point, mm. but I can't remember what it was now, but it basically had a file, and it was like Haywood's secret files or something. <laughs> and she says, Haywood, you clever bugger or something yeah. <laughs> and i'm like really it's not that clever is it you know here's my secret stash yeah i i really, I really like kat dennings i know people sort of like you know have mocked her and, and don't like her as dancing stuff. i think she's great i think she's really funny um and you know when because she gets absorbed into the hex and we see that as that hex expands like you know i love the fact that the army gets turned into a circus yeah, like, that was a great gag. I was like, "That's fantastic!" And turning soldiers into clowns and stuff. I was like, "Oh, that's really fun." Um, I'm going to predict, and I'm hoping it happens. If it doesn't, I'll be really upset. Next episode, because it's obviously going to show they've, they, you know, the, it's got to keep giving us these sitcommy moments. <clears throat> if Cat Dennings does not appear as a diner waitress next yeah. week in a yellow <laughs> costume, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> Oh, you've took away my point there. That, that's what I was going to say. Are we going to get the two broke girls cat yeah. Denning? So uh, that that would be absolutely awesome, wouldn't it? That'd be a great meta gag. That's what I really want. So I'm hoping for that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you there. Now, Scott, what did you make to the claymation advert? Because all the adverts previously have been these kind of callbacks to major events in Wanda's life. And, you know, like last week with Lagos, you know, it's, it's kind of trivializing some traumatic yeah. events in her life. Whereas this one, you know, you've got this kid, he's stuck on an island and you've got a shark sort of swims up and he gives him some yo magic yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> he can't what, open. What, what's yeah, And he can't open and essentially withers away and dies. What, What's your interpretation of this one? I there were two. I looked at this and thought two things. So because all the last ones have been part of this um, um, flashbacks to things that she regrets, and there's been talk of childhood throughout this. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, the kid was was trying to steal uh, Pietro's boots and all this other stuff. So my first thought was this could be another sort of thing of they were saved by being given magic because the, the two twins were chosen. All right. Mm-hmm. W- which other kids weren't? So is this sort of like, you know, her, you know, the, um, her and Pietro were able to tap into this magic 
or the yogurt, magicos, magic, whatever it's called, yo, yo magic. magic. <laughs> um, but these other kids couldn't. So these other kids died and starved. They, you know, literally died because they were neglected because all the experiments that happened were happening on children. Mm-hmm. That was my first thought. And then I kept thinking about this idea of like, where, where have the kids been? And then, so in that case, then what is fueling um, this level of magic? You know, like, it's got to, you know, maybe I'm just because I've, I've read a lot of fantasy books and some other stuff, but like, you know, it, they see all that magic always comes at a cost. So, like, all right, so mm-hmm. where is the fuel coming from for, to do this? Is it actually that she's kept all the children hidden away and she's using them as a battery in some way and she's draining the kids to, um, to keep this going and you know it gets darker but like is she actually just using the kids as a way of creating this world could be very matrix yeah. uh, i mean my my interpretation was slightly different i mean i i interpreted it more like because because the yogurt was your magic so your mm. magic i was thinking you know she's this is Wanda, and she's she's trying to use her magic, but she can't actually stop people dying around her. Mm. She isn't strong enough. So I, I think this, and like I said, I'd said about Haywood making a deal, I think this is where she's in cahoots with someone else who's given her that extra power because her initial magic just wasn't enough. And she couldn't tap into it. She, uh, yeah. So, so it's not. That... So why wasn't it a little girl? That was the thing. Because I thought that. I thought, is it? Yeah. Wonder? And yeah I thought, yeah. why wasn't it a little girl? Because that'd have been. They could have just just as easily done that. It's a little blonde boy, and that's that to me was like, mm, you know, I think this is something that she's doing. He's unable to access because he he does. He just keeps pulling at the lid, doesn't he? And he can't open it and can't open yeah. it. And, um, and the shark says. Um, I remember being hungry, but, but then I found yo magics, and it's sort of like yeah. say, it's it's that thing of is that does the shark to me? Rep- what I was thinking of, does the shark represent um, Strucker? You know, or, or there's someone else that was involved in the experiments of when they were kids, because you never really know how long they've been they've been experimented on for. So you know, um, <clears throat> and was the Mind Stone or the Tesseract the sort of like, you know, the first experiment that was done on them or the last experiment that was done on them? Like how much stuff was done before that? Um, so I get this feeling there's more to that. But to me, I don't know. It, I mean, it was dark. I mean, that kid literally turns into a skeleton, fades into a skeleton. Yeah. Um, and so it fits with the tone of this show, that this show is getting a bit more of a tragedy and a bit more darker um, yeah. each, uh, each episode. You know, it could be the old Submariner villain, Tiger Shark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, they're how... go, maybe they're gonna go really meta and really throw, it, and they've paid to use Tiger uh, King Shark in this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just before Suicide. Well, no, that's that's uh, awesome, and and I know we've run long, but like yeah. I say, there's so much in this episode, and I still only feel like we've scratched the surface. But mm. I mean, are there any other major points that you want to raise before? No, we wrap I don't up? think so. I, I think you know what, what we're on. This is six. So you've got three episodes left. It's nine episodes, on, I think, isn't it? Yeah. That's um, right. Yep. So, the thing on the thing I would notice is the you know um, the slices of the show that between um, they're hitting a good balance between real world and and sitcom, I mean sitcom world. I predict that's going to shift from next week. Hmm. I think we're gonna. I think something. I think we we are we're off to a cliff because you know you, these episodes are like twenty minutes between twenty minutes and twenty seven minutes long. Um, you know, without credits. 
And so I think, you know, we're looking at something big's got to happen in the next couple of episodes where this is going to expand and we're either going to go into one world or the next more than the other. So we've now got a load of people that have entered the hex. So I predict that we're going to have a lot more time inside the hex next week. Mm. And I think, you know, actually one one final point I'll mention. So Darcy called out that Monica can't go back into the hex again mm. because, you know, her cells are changing. So I think... <laughs> You know, we could be seeing Photon or Spectrum was another name, wasn't it, for for Monica Rambo in the in the comics? Yeah. So I think we could be seeing that in this series, even though you know we're not going to see her in a costume or anything. But certainly, going back into the hex might see her getting some powers. Yes, no, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, the, the this is like you say it's a prologue. We've got, I think we've got to understand this as being a prologue for the next phase. Um, yeah. And so there are things we're not going to get answers for. You know, this is going to be setting up an awful lot, though. For and it's exciting that it is setting things up. So, yeah. And the big question is, what sitcom do you think we're going to get next week? I'm still hoping for two broke girls, friends. We haven't had friends, or it's supposed to be family comedies, isn't it? So, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't really. I think family sort of. Um, you know, there was a bit of a when when Netflix hit stride, there was that thing of revisiting older family sitcoms like Full House became Fuller House and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I don't know. I'd be interested to see what they do, especially because they've reached the 2004. Um, but yeah, we could get Modern Family maybe, or possibly because I, I was thinking Friends or you know How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, but like you say, it's not really a family thing, is it? So no. Don't I'm know. sure uh, I'm a bit out of touch uh, with post sort of like 2005 family sitcoms. <laughs> you know what? I was shocked when I when I actually saw like Malcolm in the Middle was 2000, and I'm like, oh Christ! I, I definitely don't remember any family <laughs> yeah. sitcoms after that. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think I think we're just old. Mm. But Scott, this has been absolutely brilliant, and uh, really appreciate it. Like I say, I know we've run a bit long here, but it was a lot of fun to have that discussion. Where can everyone get you on the internet? Yeah, first well, first off, it's been great talking and I really enjoyed this. So, um, But yeah, to come find me on uh, the most places is uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram. Just look for 20th Century Geek. It's at 20th Century Geek for all that kind of stuff. And then on Twitter, look for Pod Time Space to talk to us about stories out of time and space. Awesome. And one of the things I just realized, which I said we'd do this week, and I completely forgot until this moment, is we put out uh, a call for questions. You know, if people want to ask questions of the uh, what happened in the episode, but we'd have run even longer then. So if you want to get in touch with us for future episodes, so pop us an email to comicsinmotionpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at comicsinmotionp, but please don't put any kind of questions that might be unintentional spoilers for other people uh because obviously everyone's watching this at, at different times scott thank you very much sir and i'll see you next time cheers dave Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going.